I'm Selena Sage, and Live Free is for our collective liberation. Namaste and welcome to Motivation Monday. Today, the only note that I wrote for myself for this message is keep going. And I thought I would start the talk with a Taoist tale that I was inspired to read this morning from the book, Tales from the Tao, The Wisdom of the Taoist Masters. I will include the book information in the episode notes. But this story is called The Emperor and the Sage. Things had been going from bad to worse. It seemed that no matter how the emperor ruled, things turned out badly. There had been famines and wars throughout the land. There was even conflict within the august household itself. The emperor's many wives quarreled amongst themselves continually, and even his advisors stood in the great hall, shaking their ancient heads and pulling on their equally ancient beards. It had begun to be whispered in the marketplace and in the fields of the laborers that the emperor had lost heaven's favor and so would soon lose his place on the golden throne, on the dragon throne. For as everyone knew, once a ruler loses heaven's favor, it would not be long before he would be overthrown. His advisors seemed to be of no help whatsoever. In truth, all they ever wanted was to advance themselves in his favor and would tell him only what they thought he wanted to hear. When he was young, he enjoyed this, but as he became older and more interested in being a good ruler, he found himself becoming impatient with the lackeys and sycophants around him. He had spent many nights locked in with his astrologers, who had assured him that he had been born under a lucky star and could do no wrong. Then he had spent further nights with the experts on the Book of Changes, only be only to be told that all hexagrams pointed to great success and longevity for his dynasty. But he knew something was wrong, and that he would get no honest answers at court, and so he decided to travel to the mountains to visit a certain Taoist sage who lived high on the craggy top. It was said that the sage lived on moonlight and dew, and knew the future of any man that came before him. He was sure, of course, that all of this was nonsense, but he decided it would not hurt to try. For many days he traveled with a large escort in case of bandits. He enjoyed sleeping under the stars at night, which he had not done since he was a boy. He also enjoyed beginning each day's journey in the brisk, bright air of the morning. His usually poor appetite improved, and he even put on a little weight. Finally, they reached the path that led to the cave where it was said that the sage resided. The emperor decided to go on alone, ordering his personal guards to stay behind, much to their dismay. When he reached the cave, he found it abandoned and felt bereft and sad that he had missed the one man who could assist him. On the way down from the cave, he ran into an old man sitting by the side of the path, 
combing his fingers through his beard and humming to himself. This must be the sage, he thought to himself. And though he was the emperor and ruler of all under heaven, he knelt before the old man and beseeched him to give some advice on how best to rule the country. The old man seemed to ignore the emperor for some time, and the emperor began to wonder if this was indeed the man he, he had been looking for. With his mind in turmoil, the emperor began to make ready to leave this addled old man and give up on his quest for the sage, when he suddenly noticed that, though the old man seemed to be sitting on a stone on the side of the path, he was actually floating, a few inches only, just above the ground. Then he knew that he had indeed found the sage that he had been looking for, and began to plead with him for advice on how to rule his vast country. I have knowledge only about ruling my own life, said the sage. I don't know anything about ruling a country. He then went back to humming and combing his beard, which, though thin, was extremely long. But I have a responsibility to manage the shrines of the royal ancestors, said the emperor. I must also conduct the ceremonies to give thanks to gods of the earth and sky. I have so many responsibilities. The people look to me as their ruler and protector. Yet I often feel so confused that I do not feel I can fulfill these obligations. I have made great, great sacrifices, he went on, and have spoken with many men of knowledge and have studied the history of my family, but I cannot seem to find a way to learn how to be the ruler that I wish to be. The old man stopped combing his beard and fixed his old yet surprisingly clear eyes on the emperor's. It takes someone who can manage his own life properly before he can expect to manage an entire country, he said at last. I see before me a man full of doubt and worries, mostly put there by others in their own self-interest. And so I ask you how, if the ruler's own life is in turmoil, can he expect to be able to rule a country properly? At this, the emperor felt as though a great weight had been lifted off his shoulders. He felt that the scales had been dropped from his eyes. Of course, he had been so concerned with, with his abilities as the ruler of the country, he had given no thought to his own personal nature. Truly, if he were to be a wise and judicious ruler, he must begin to know himself. Thus began a lifelong journey into his own self-nature that not only enabled the emperor to rule his own country wise and well, but led him at the end of his life to be lifted to the heavens on the back of a golden dragon to sit by the side of the jade emperor himself. And this is a story by the author of the book, Solala Towler. And I really like this one for many reasons. I... I'm thinking to this emperor's journey. First, he recognized that the life of his kingdom and of himself was in turmoil. So he stepped away to go seek the sage to get some help. And what I really liked about the journey was as he focused on that journey itself, he was able to 
enjoy the beauty of the nature and waking up in the morning for that brisk walk in the in the fresh air and he got his appetite back you know to me this is this is symbolic of the fact that he was not focused on all of the problems in the kingdom when he just set time away to go in nature and when he went to find the sage and was met with disappointment at not finding him he still had the recognition of this old man that was by the side of the road that he had some vibration was the sage but the man ignored him and the emperor you know thought perhaps he was wrong but then he looked again and saw this man was floating on air and then he knew for sure that this was the sage and it's said that a great teacher always sends you back to yourself and and this is what the sage did you know he really with one simple inquiry you know and noticing that this man this emperor was so full of doubts and his life was in this turmoil that he couldn't possibly manage a kingdom and it I'm reminded of the saying that you see the world not as it is but as you are when you have this worry these doubts these you know this anxiety this angst this is how the world presents itself to you it confirms those feelings that you have about yourself and your life so instead i think the urgency in this message and and in all paths of seeking is to step away from what you're so focused on go for a walk in nature it doesn't even have to be a long walk but focus on your steps mindfully appreciate the air that's around you the sun or moon that's shining on you take time to appreciate that nature that's around you let go of all of those worries about tomorrow that incessantly creep up thinking about decisions that are yet to be made and what you should do just put that aside be in the moment be in the now in this space you find peace and as you continue going as you continue to try to resolve whatever it is you're trying to resolve the urgency from this sage and from all masters is to look within seek within get yourself and your house in order and then all will all will manifest when we take the step of finding that ultimate freedom which is our true nature the key is to empty yourself to let go of everything even your idea of yourself and this is such a big idea that i think there's wisdom in starting small you know as i encourage in my my third book get free you know clear your clutter organize your space release toxic persons from your life 
or people that even just cause you some confusion. It's not that it's not that they're bad. It's just that this is a distraction. These are different attachments that the mind holds on to to stay connected to this form. But the urgency of freedom is to go beyond the form. One of my favorite sayings that I know I say a lot on this podcast from Sri Muji is, we want to be free as the person, but true liberation is to be free from the person. So the one that becomes troubled, the one that has all of these problems, who has this worry about tomorrow and this anxiety about the future, know that to be simply a vessel. What you truly are is able to observe that anxiety in that person. So you can't truly be that. So in this process of self-inquiry, you have to keep going. You have to keep going beyond just this temporary feeling of peace that you get from the recognition of, of your true nature. You have to stay with that. You have to be that. And this is my own practice, you know, to recognize first that you are not the body. And if you can overcome that realization, you're already there. But it's difficult because we are so conditioned to this form. And as Sri Muji says, you know, this human form is consciousness too. It's just a limited form of consciousness. We're limited by the kind of the rules of the body. You know, these perceptions that we get from our senses, the mind which is only processing those perceptions. It's only that limited perspective from the person. But there's something that is witnessing even that. It is this witnessing presence that you must inquire into. Who am I? What is able to perceive all of these things. It is in this way that we have that ultimate recognition and ultimate liberation. But it starts from getting your person in order sometimes. <laughs> it's not necessary, but I think it helps because you open that space. You start removing all of these attachments that are keeping you anchored. And so whatever it is that you're looking to accomplish, whether it's that ultimate freedom or just some personal goal, it takes that consistent, concerted effort until you arrive at a place where no effort is required. Keep going. Keep going. Know that you are truly the infinite in all of the experiences of the body are observable. All of your thoughts, feelings, emotions, memories are observable. Which means that you can't be that. There's distance. You are that which can even observe space. So you must be more subtle than space. Contemplate this. Keep going with your inquiry. 
don't be attached to these thoughts of past, regrets, worry, fears, anxieties. Let those go. Instead, recognize yourself as the higher and be that. But you have to keep going. Don't settle for half peace (laughs) or half truth. Know that you are the absolute and the ultimate. Pure awareness, I am. This is powerful. This is powerful. This is potent. This is truth. So I hope you enjoyed this story and these reflections on the absolute. This is what you truly are. So it doesn't take effort, you know? Enlightenment is always free. It's, it's free. It's a shift of your attention from the limited to the limitless. The person and all of its problems is the limited state. Pure peace and bliss is your true nature. And all that you need to do is shift your attention to that infinite space and know it to be you and all of these troubles and problems of the person are just not there this is peace truly a stable peace that is not based on conditions because it is real it is truth My encouragement is to stay with this. Trust the masters who send you back to yourself and find out what that self truly is. I thank you for being here. Namaste.